Good morning, God's wonderful people. Here we are again at the beginning of another day, another great day, another opportunity, another grand opportunity to lift our voices in thanksgiving to God and to lift our heads up high and say thank you, Jesus, and to raise our hands in full adoration of who he is. Today is another day we have to tell God how glorious he is, how wonderful he is, and how great he is. Let's do it with everything we've got. The Bible says we should love him with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul. Let's love God today with everything we are. And there's no better way to love God than to love the person you're standing next to, to love the person you're sitting next to, to love the person you're walking by. This is how we love God, by loving those who are right around us. So let's love God today. As you see him today in the person who is less fortunate, in the person who is walking by you, love him, love him, love him. If lasting happiness could be found in having material things and in being able to indulge ourselves in whatever we wanted, then most of us should be delirious with joy and happy beyond description. We should be producing books and poems that describe our state of unparalleled bliss. Our literature and heart should rival that of the ancient Greeks and Romans and Renaissance craftsmen. Instead, we find those who have things trying to get more of them for no apparent reason other than to have more. We find high rates of divorce, suicide, depression, child abuse, and other personal and social problems beyond description. We find housewives trading tranquilizer prescriptions. All this is surely proof that happiness is not found in the state of having all we want and being able to get more. In our study of Galatians 5 verse 13 to 26, so far we have been going through the text and gleaning truths from it. We have established that the indicative and imperative structure forms the structure of this chapter. Our text incorporates the second and third of this indicative imperative structure. Each of these are patterned so there is an indicative followed by two imperatives, one negative and one positive. In our text, the indicative is, he have been called unto liberty. The negative imperative is, use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. And the positive imperative is, by love serve one another. The bulk of our text expands on these two imperatives. The negative imperative, use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, maps to walking in the flesh, which produces the works of the flesh. The positive imperative, by love serve one another, that maps to walking in the spirit, which produces the fruit of the spirit. In our look at the fruit of the spirit, we have looked at love. Today we turn our attention to looking at joy. We will analyze the Hebrew word for joy to learn what joy is. Each Hebrew word is vested with the features of the concept they convey. They will teach us everything about those concepts. So the Hebrew words for joy will teach us what about joy. Just as the word for love has taught us about love. The remarkable thing about the Hebrew language is that this language is, is, is amazing in that each of its letters is an element in itself and carries its own meaning and definition. 
The only other language that is comparable to the Hebrew language is a chemical language. And in the chemical language, each element stands by itself and has its own features. To create chemicals, you would combine these elements to make other um, elements or other you know, chemicals. For example, water is composed of hydrogen and oxygen, two atoms of hydrogen and one atom of oxygen. Now, when you combine those two together, you'll always get water. In other words, by analyzing these two components, you'll get to understand the components of water. And that's how you create water, by adding two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom. That creates water. In the same way, that is how these words in Hebrew are. are. Each letter is an element. And by adding these elements together, you create the concept that these words will convey. So each of these letters are contributing to the concept that the word convey. So the Hebrew word for joy will tell us about joy, what it is and how we get it. All of that will be contained in this word. The Hebrew word for joy is shemak. And, and, and that word is spelled with a shin, a mem, and a het. So het, so it's samek, samek. And so, well, excuse my Hebrew pronunciation, but it's not the greatest, all right? <laughs> because the breathing sometimes get, gets difficult. And, and that last letter, the het, it's, 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 it's pronounced by a breathing that comes on the back of your throat. And so sometimes not that easy to pronounce by us who are coming from an English background or the Western background, all right? For, for those who are German or, 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 or Jewish, they would, have, they would have a problem doing that because that's what they do every day. So it, it has, it's, it's, it's a guttural sound, as they would say. So let's consider this first letter, the sheen. Now the sheen, the pictogram for the sheen is a tooth. Your teeth? Yeah, tooth or fire. The sheen is related to fire. Alright, so fire is, is one of the four elements of creation. And the four elements of creation are water, earth, wind, and fire. Alright, so fire is one of the four elements of creation. Now, the element of fire is related to the heart, the summer season, and the emotion of joy. Now, understand this, that these four elements of creation, they map to the four seasons. Right, because creation itself, reality or creation, is four. It is permeated by the number four. There are four um, winds of the earth, or four directions. That's north, south, east, and west. There are four seasons. There's summer. There's autumn. There's winter. There's spring, and each of these map to the four elements of creation. All of them can map to that. One day we'll we'll we'll, we'll go into all of that, but not today. So the fire. Of, of the from the four elements maps to summer season which is heat and that maps to the whole emotion of joy now the fire summer season is a time of heat growth warmth increased light it is a time of singing and dancing all right now i want you to follow closely here you know because we're putting all this together for us to understand what sheen means now fire consumes and transforms Fire is used to speak of one, liveliness of imagination. 
fire is used to speak of to give life or spirit to. It's also used uh, to speak of being filled with excitement, passion, or enthusiasm. As such, fire is used to speak of heightened emotions. So fire is used as a representation of heightened emotion. So the sheen is going to bring this, bear this out. In the sheen is a depiction of that emotion of joy, heightened emotion, the singing, the dancing. So the sheen is associated with that concept or that emotion. The first place in the Torah where the sheen is used to begin a root word is in Genesis 1 verse 1. The very first verse in the Bible. And the word there is Shamayim. That's the Hebrew word for heaven. So, Bereshit bara Elohim. Shamayim is the word Hebrew word for heaven. So, that's where the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens so that word for heaven is Shamayim. So that's the first place where the sheen is used. Now heaven is the realm of God where God abides. Similar to the era of the sky, but with a focus on where God, God abides. Sometimes it, it, it describes as the upper regions above the upper sky. As in Psalm 18 and verse 10, where it says, And he rode upon the cherub and did fly. Yea, he did fly upon the wings of the wind. The word Shamayim may also refer to the atmosphere, that is the era of the stars, the skies, the air as a region above the earth, including the horizon. This we can see demonstrated in 1 Kings 18 and verse 45, where it says, And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. So there it refers to the atmosphere. So that word Shemayi may also refer to the atmosphere or it may refer to heaven as the abode of God. In this we see that the sheen means to be on a high, a peak, as the flames of the fire points toward heaven. So does the sheen and its meaning. So it points toward heaven. It means to be raised above, to be lifted up, up, up above, to, you know, points towards heaven. Both its shape and sound, shh. Recall the upward direction of the flames and represent the soul's effort to rise upward towards the divine. Just as a flame burns by virtue of the transformation of matter, the wood that is consumed turning into fire and smoke and rising up, sheen signifies the consumption of the materialistic aspects of the ego. In other words, sheen signifies the consumption of that which is material, which is a blockage that prevents us from rising up to God. So it represents us conquering that, destroying that, and then rising up to God, to heaven. So the rising cannot happen until you first consume the materialistic, destroy or separate from the materialistic. Our singing is a means by which we enter God's presence. We see that in Psalm 100, where it says in verse 2, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. In the temple, there were the singers and the musicians. And this is how the Jews would have entered the presence of God, through singing and dancing. The shape of the sheen is like flames. 
the form of the letter Shin is that it is made from four yuds and three vowels. Remember I said to you that each Hebrew letter is composed of two or more other Hebrew letters to form that letter. So, in this case, the Shin is composed of four yuds and three vowels. Now, yud we already know means power. Vav we also know means to connect or be bound to or joining to. So the sheen is a material connecting with the divine. You with me? Because four yuds, four is a number of the world. Number that refers to the material. And three is the divine. That's the divine perfection. So the shin is the material connecting with the divine. So shin is the power of man to connect with God. It is complete power to connect with the entire Godhead. That's what the Sheen is teaching. Let's move on. The numerical value of the Sheen is 300. The number three is the first of four sacred numbers. And it means divine perfection. All right. So here are the four perfect numbers. Because you hear me talk about them more than once. So let me give you all of them here. The four perfect numbers are these. Three for divine perfection. Seven for spiritual perfection. Ten for ordinal perfection. And twelve for governmental perfection. I've been through all of these already in previous pod podcasts. So you should understand when I talk about the four perfect numbers that I'm talking about these numbers. Three, seven, ten, and twelve. Now, you might wonder if 4 is not a perfect number. No, 4 is not a perfect number because 4 speaks to material completion, not perfection. So, the, the number 300 is going to be a magnification of the number 3, which is divine perfection. So, in this case, 300 speaks to a divinely appointed time or period of time. It speaks to election. Because... A lot of the occurrence of 300 in the scripture has to do with appointed time. The number 300 also is connected to the children of promise and the nation of Israel, the children of Israel. It also speaks to supernatural victory over enemies, including death. And I wish you could go through in more detail concerning number 300, but for this purpose here, we don't need to. In another time, we can. Because it's a beautiful thing to understand about number 300. But let's continue. The number 300 is also connected with the death, burial, and resurrection of the Messiah. 300 signifies final blood sacrifice made by the perfect Lamb of God. We said that the sheen is made of four yuds and three vavs. Now, yud is 10. The vav is 6. Therefore, the value of the form of the sheen is 58. Now, 58 is the numerical value of hen, of hen. There goes that guttural sound again of the head. It's hen, which is the Hebrew word for grace. Hen is the Hebrew word for grace. So, sheen is spelt with, I mean, sheen, you know, in all its form. You know, sheen is formed with those four yields and these three valves. When you add the values up, you get 58. That is a word for grace. That is hen. That is beautiful, my friends, because it's telling us that this letter sheen, 
whose value is 300, that speaks to supernatural victory over our enemies, including death. It speaks specifically of the death, burial, and resurrection of the Messiah. It is also telling you that this act, this whole act of victory over our enemies and over death is all by the grace of God. Wrapped up with his grace. You see, Sheen tells the story beautifully of God's redemptive plan, of God's redemptive work. That letter Sheen tells the story beautifully. This is why, my friends, we should learn all we can about this, these letters of the Hebrew alphabet. I believe every Christian needs to learn Hebrew because it brings you in a new dimension of understanding the things of God. It's the language of God. And here we see a letter that is declaring to us and telling us about the victory of God over all enemies and death through the sacrificial offering of his perfect lamb. But all in the midst of that, we're seeing here that grace rings out as the all-consuming and all-embodying aspect of this work. It tells the story of redemption. It tells the story of God's redemption plan and work for man. The other place, you see, the first place we see this uh, this number 300 being used in scripture is in the story where it tells us of Enoch being translated. So Enoch lived 300 years and then was translated after the birth of Methuselah. So there in that story, you see the death of Methuselah, the death of, um, uh, not the death of Methuselah, it's, it's a translation of Enoch and Methuselah, who is, who is that um, embodiment or type of, of the redemptive work of God in that Methuselah, it says that after his death, that was when the flood came. So he was like an arbinger to the flood. So he died just mere weeks before the flood came. So it was like a prophetic typology of that. And so 300 there is associated with Enoch. And so right in that story you have, but I think the most beautiful story of this number 300 is in, in the Ark of Noah. Because the Ark was 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. These numbers were no coincidence, my friends. God coded in this Ark the story of redemption. The dimension of the Ark is 300. That's the, that's the, the, the number that's connected with death, burial, and resurrection of the Messiah. Victory over enemies, including death. And then 50 is that number of grace, perfect grace. 30 is that number that's associated with blood sacrifice. So there in the dimensions of the ark is a story told again. In the same way, my friends, in this number sheen, we have these same numbers. We have the number 30, we have the number 300, and we have the number 50. You ask me, oh, when you spell out the, le the letter sheen, you will have a shin and a nun. A shin and a nun. The shin is 300. The nun is 50. So there you have the 50 and the 30. They're again bellowing out the redemptive work of God in redeeming mankind and grace through which he does it. And grace is found right there in this letter Sheen. So Sheen tells the entire story of God's redemptive work. My friends, Sheen here teaches us that joy is a power through which we connect with Jehovah. That's what the Sheen tells us. That it's the means by which we connect with God. The Sheen is unique. It's unique in that it is the one letter that God uses as his signature. 
And you don't have to ask why. It's obvious why God used Sheen as his signature. Because it is the one letter that embodies the entire story of redemption. Just as all the Ark of the Covenant embodied and carried Noah and his family in redemption, bringing them from the previous world to the present world that is renewed by the flood. In the same way, the Sheen embodies that same story. Its same story is embodied there. The ark was made of wood. Christ's cross was made of wood on which he was crucified. The very carrier of our redemption. Here, my friends, we can't even begin to expound the entire story. But I wish I've given you enough to let you hunger to know more. That will allow you to dig deeper into the word of God. The sheen is also, like I said, the signature of God. It is the first letter of that name, Shaddai. El Shaddai. You see, El means God and Shaddai means Almighty. So the Shaddai is spelled with a sheen, a dalit, and a yud. El Shaddai. And that's the signature of God, the Almighty. Here, my friends, the highest level of elevation is joy. As written in the Psalms, when the Lord brought us back, we were like dreamers. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. The joy and joy. The emotion of joy in Chinese medicine as it relates to the element of fire. And the art is associated with the experience of love and bliss. These states are reached when all blocks to our pure loving nature and our connection to the divine are removed. We must strive to attain these states all of the time for the sake of our health. The Torah, the Bible warns us, the divine fire that burns on the altar must not be extinguished. It is easy, my friends, to be inspired, but it's not easy to keep our inner fire lit, as the Bible commands us to. In Proverbs 17, verse 22, it says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth up the bones. The key to your health, the key to consistent health, is to reach that state of joy, love, and bliss. You can only get there as you destroy your connection with the material and connect with God. Abandon, separate from the material and connect with the divine. Hallelujah. Let us, my friend, learn to rise above and separate from this world. Separate from the things of this world. And let us rise to connect with God. Because here we understand that the sheen is telling us that we must connect with God. It echoes to us that it's all about connecting, man connecting with God. Joy. Is the means by which we do that. Hallelujah. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generations. 
walk in joy my friends abandon the enslavement and and, and, and and the captivity of the materialistic world and let's rise in joy to praise our God let's sing our songs of Zion let's sing our songs of joy and rise to connect with your God father we thank you today we thank you that you remain on your throne as God in spite of all and as the God of all and the God who reigns over all, we hail you today as our El Shaddai, as a God who is almighty over everything. And as we hail you as such, Father, we pray today that, Father, you endure us more of your Holy Spirit, more of your Spirit in us, God, as we surrender more and more totally into your presence, into your hands, that you will use us for your glory. Let us become an orchestra of praise to you, O God as we give ourselves to singing and making melody in our hearts and praise from our lips to give you thanks continually. Let our hearts continually praise you, O God, as you inspire us and as you endure us, Lord, with your spirit and with your praise. For a spirit of heaviness, God, you have given us the garment of praise. Let us wear that garment of praise with pride and with joy as we continue to give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day now, my friends. And do remember that God loves you and I love you too.